When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle on mypodcasthouse.com or wherever you're listening to it. A very good day. Well, she here. That was the music of Jushin Thunder Liger bringing us in. I'm joined in the studio by Lyle. Uh, how you going, mate? Doing well? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, three weeks in a row now you've introduced... Four. Intro- four. Four. Jesus. Tony you- is slipping. Tony's not here. Again. Um... <laughs> Look, he knew it was our last show. It's our last show of the year, and he's not contributing at all, it's fair to say. Yeah. Um, do we have to just cold call him in between well, dinners again? He just messaged us and said, call me at 6.30, and I um, said no. Well, it's we'll bit, call you when it suits us. It's a bit hard when it's 6.30 and we're not even in the studio yet, but <laughs> all right. I Fair think enough. someone hit the bridge again. <laughs> Always happening. Um, if you want to support us, subscribe. Good time to subscribe because you'll get a reminder of when the show starts up again in January because we haven't quite decided yet. Um, subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on whatever device you use. Leave a review. Helps a lot, especially good reviews. Yeah, bad ones. Uh, we, we take that with great ent- entertainment. Enjoy that as well. Uh, five oh, stars is always... I only like the bad reviews if they're putting shit on Tony, it's fair to say. Well, it helps the narrative of our show, so... Yeah. Saves us doing it, I guess. <sighs> Big interview last week with Lena Cross. Yes, extremely fun. Uh, young... I love how you use the word fun to describe everything. You can tell when Lyle does the, the post of the show because it's just a fun chat. It was fun, and I hope there are enough. other adjectives you're able to use. Uh, extremely fun, uh, very fun, <laughs> the funnest. It was a fun time. Uh, no, it was a very good chat. Good chat. Is that a use that as well? Except for Tony asking sexist questions, we've had feedback on that. Yeah, uh, yeah. people. As soon as he starts asking the tomboy question, it's cringeworthy. Um, I know how much, and you saw how much I cringed as he started to yeah. ask it, because I'm fearful of Tony asking questions. <laughs> but um, we've had feedback that people at home were cringing as he started to ask it. I've got to protect him from himself sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just a product of his uh, generation. I don't want to say that's an excuse, but uh, yeah, it's classic Tony putting his foot in his mouth, I think. And yeah, the... And the, I've spelled his feet. It's not where you want them. Oh, no, no, definitely not. Uh, the studio is pretty small when it's, uh, his feet are out of his shoes, that's for sure. Um, now, you have promised us a guest again. Yes. Have you delivered this time? I Well, we haven't recorded it yet, so uh, hopefully we do after the break. 
after the break, no, no. Oh, after right the now, edit. Want, right now, want, we're going right now. How do you have a guest for us? I do. I have it locked and ready to go, barring any phone difficulties. We're going to have oh. a fun chat to Marcus Pitt. Okay, so I'll let you do the introductions. And welcome back to On the Turnbuckle. On the Welcome back. We didn't go anywhere. We- the listeners don't know that. You're going to leave this all in, aren't you? Yes. Of course you are. <laughs> we are joined on the line by Marcus Pitt from EPW, uh, Team MDK Zone. Marcus Pitt, how you going, mate? Good afternoon, evening, gentlemen. How are we doing? Uh, very well. Better than that intro, I'm hoping. It was terrible. Mate, it was fine. It was, it was, it's, it's TMZ. DK, but you, you got there. You were close. Yeah. So. <laughs> He's got it written in front of him as well. It's a disgrace. It's been a long year, uh, but we've saved the best interview to last, mate. We're going to send out the year on a high. See, I, I really like that attitude. I mean, when you're when you're telling me that I'm your best uh, your best guest for 2019, we're already off to a good good uh, good step. So, it makes me happy. Yeah, I, I think you knew a little bit about behind the scenes here at On The Turnbuckle. You knew this week was going to be our last, so you you changed our time from last week to this week. Exactly. I was just like delaying the inevitable, but it was all a game plan at the end of the day, lad. So. To be fair, last week was going to be our last episode. We've extended just to fit you in. <laughs> see, see, look, the things, the things that people do to get me on their show, eh? Well, um... Let's talk a little bit about uh, EPW to start with, your home promotion. Um, it's been a pretty pretty big year. Yeah, no, it um, it certainly has, lads. The, uh, the transition from uh, the Cyril Jackson Rec Centre in, uh, in Bassendine, in Bassendine? I'm sure it was Bassendine, uh, where, you know, we went from a uh, essentially a basketball court to now uh, our new operating uh, our, our new operation, our new home of uh, the Gate One Theatre at uh, Claremont Showground. Uh, it's just become like, a much more professional setup. You know, you've got the staging, the lighting, uh, the seating. It's a lot more of an intimate, um, you know, in, environment now. So, uh, so far, I feel it's, it's doing the job at uh, establishing a newer, like a newer uh, age, um, not a newer age, but like a newer audience, sorry, lads, like the demographic change, which is what we wanted, um, a little less kid-friendly, a little more, you know, of the uh, 18 to 35 demographic, uh, that older audience, um, because, you know, Kids are wonderful. I have my own child at the end of the day, so nothing against children. But uh, when you're catering towards a more adult audience, it makes, I think, for a much better professional wrestling show, especially with the way that the landscape is um, in the world of professional wrestling today. Yeah, the creative freedom uh, for the performers is is a lot greater. Most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, Because EPW went through a transition where we very much so catered towards the uh, children um, and then the, the younger sort of team. And sure, it was a it was it was a big uh, it was a big gamble, a bit of a risk, um, definitely a change of uh, direction. 
I don't feel as if it was something that really benefited uh, benefited uh, EPW, especially back then. I feel like uh, in those years, it was really when like MCW were starting to make their mark. And so I feel like with the change of direction that EPW took back then, uh, we essentially took a little bit of a back seat. Um, but now with the change of uh, direction back to that 18 to 35 uh, demographic, I really feel like EPW's momentum is really starting to shift. Because yeah, basketball courts and things like that, there have been a necessary evil and they still are in a lot of areas where they serve a role and we can put on events in on a basketball court. But at the end of the day, it's hard to make it not feel like you're on a basketball court. The change of venue, um, how does that feel when you're performing? Well, like I was mentioning before, it's just a lot more of a, um, it's a lot more of an intimate situation now. Um, but it, you can you can tell the difference as soon as you step through the curtains. Um, you know, you pull those curtains open as soon as you step through that professional lighting by hitting you, uh, the the music, the sound of of your entrance theme sounds better uh, due to the the intimate environment and the way that the the, the uh, seating um, and the audience is set up. It, it feels. It feels like all eyes are all eyes are actually on you and on the product. Whereas, when you take a step back to that basketball court, when you're walking out, it's very easy to feel lost. Like you step through, and are all eyes on you? I don't know because there's a lot of space, there's a lot of room. Um, the way the seating and stuff was structured, obviously, it was just one level uh, in a basketball court, so it, it, it's hard when you look at those big professional companies and, and the companies that are really succeeding today and a lot of, a lot of their seating and the way that their uh, environment is, is set up is very like, you know, it's that tiered sort of a seating. So it just feels like everything is directed now on the actual product. Um, and in general, it just makes the, the product feel so much more professional. Yeah, sure. You take a little bit of a hit by going to those, smaller, more intimate venues. But to, to uh, combat that sort of thing, you, you, you've now come to this intimate environment. You're, you're making your product look a lot more professional in the hopes that the fans uh, who have been coming to this product for such a long time are going to continue to come to that and then their friends or uh, family or whoever are going to see this brand new professional looking product and think oh wow well we want to get amongst that and then what starts to happen you you start selling out shows more regularly because of this smaller environment so you then need to be wise a bit of a business person and say okay well if we're now dealing with a smaller environment a smaller venue maybe ticket prices have to go up maybe you know like things such as okay well we're going to stagger our prices and front row is going to cost this much and the next couple of rows is going to cost this much. You just have to, you have to take, you have to take your, uh, your advantages where you can, I feel in a situation like this, because yeah, the, there is greater risk because you're probably, um, you're probably paying for this more professional setup. Uh, and in, uh, and, and in, in the other hand, you're possibly, 
potentially limiting the capacity of the audience that you can have in such a venue. When you're competing for um, like streaming services and stuff like that, the, I think the the video product comes through when it's more professionally. It's better for the uh, the obviously the consumers that can't get to every show. Us over in Melbourne, obviously, when when the shows do look great on video, it's easy to sign up for the the show. You know, so it's better for the whole country or you know the world if you got uh, subscribers everywhere. Absolutely, and it's an easier product to stomach. Not saying that in a in a negative um, uh, sort of a remark, but when when you're looking at a show that is situated in a professional venue uh, with fantastic lighting, really good sound, uh, a crowd that appears to be right into the product because of the intimate atmosphere, you're essentially already on 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 a better, you're on the front foot immediately uh, instead of your audience tuning in on uh, Vimeo or what, whatever um, streaming service that that said company is using and they're seeing a professional wrestling show situated in a basketball court. Now with the, um, obviously everyone champions the EPW school, everyone we talk to says how world-class it is. You're running Academy shows more regularly this year and next year, I think you released, is there 12 dates already booked for next year for Academy shows? Yeah, there's, oh, there's actually uh, 16 dates in total, I believe. I could be totally wrong, let's be honest, <laughs> lads. But I'm pretty positive there's going to be eight um, Gate 1 theatre shows and eight showcase shows. Something that Lyle should have known the answer to before he asked the question, to be honest. You've just caught me on the back, on the back foot there. So. But um, what do those academy shows mean to not only the students who are fighting to, to have their first and second and third matches, but even the more mature, experienced guys who are getting to wrestle more often and also wrestle against the kids? Yeah, most definitely. I mean... <clears throat> At the end of the day, especially the more experienced guys, it's just uh, it's such an opportunity to give back. Um, in this day and age, we're in such a I think we're in such a different environment now, where everybody's got a lot more contact than what we used to. Being a professional wrestler now and coming up in this uh, current batch of um, uh, professional wrestling, it's you, you again. I've used it a million times already in this interview, but. You're on the front foot immediately. Uh, people like, especially in Perth, people like myself, Damien Slater, just, just, well, let's just name the two of us. So the two of us together have so many contacts, especially for the, the younger guys coming up now. So to be able to help them out and to be able to get in the ring with them and mix it up and uh, be able to uh, give our critiques and our feedback and just, let them be able to experience or, or, or like be involved in matches with such experienced guys. It's just, it's such a, uh, it's such a benefit to them. And it's something that I don't feel <clears throat> was around as much back in the day when I was coming up. So yeah, it's, it's a great thing. It's, uh, they're shows that I consistently want to get on. And to be honest, for the very first time, our school, our school has put on shows for many, many years. But these showcase shows, they just got something new to them. 
the new uh, training uh, venue that we we currently are in, our new training facility. It's just it's it's such a professionally run school, and therefore it enables us to have a really professional setup for these showcase shows. And we're getting fantastic crowds. You know, we're getting a hundred plus um, people every single show. So there's there's experienced guys who are just killing themselves to get on these these shows as well because it's more time in the ring and at the end of the day it's more professional wrestling and we're all in this sport uh, whether you're a professional wrestler or uh, guys backstage or a referee or an announcer or a ring commentator we're all in this sport because we love it so to be able to have the opportunity to do more of it it's such a wonderful thing and so who are the some of the young kids coming through that uh, us and the rest of Australia should be keeping an eye on Ooh, ooh, okay, so um, if, if I'm being like, if I'm being very, like, showing a bit of favouritism here, boys, I'd have to say uh, TK, he's uh, absolutely Tiffany from the uh, uh, TK Task Force, the Taylor King Task Force. He is absolutely fantastic. He just uh, recently won the Rising Star Cup uh, in the culmination of the Rising Star uh, cup tournament. He is a phenomenal talent, lads. And so, if you haven't gotten it onto Tipperay yet, I suggest you do so because that gentleman is going to be doing big things in the coming years. Um, another, another big fan of, like, uh, another person who I'm a big fan of is uh, uh, Mr. Captain Confidence, Joel Hagen. I think he's brilliant. Uh, I defended the EPW. Coastal Championship against him a couple of showcases back, and the man certainly has uh, a lot of uh, a, t- a lot of talent. And he has, you know, he he's a big boy. Like it's it's a sh- I, I don't know. Like I suppose like on the West Coast, um, I haven't seen a lot of really big big lads um, come through the doors for a long time. Uh, Joel Hagen's most certainly one of those big boys, and he he's just got. He's got a lot of potential, so I'm really interested to see what he does with uh, his ability, and uh, yeah, we'll see where he can take it. It's a thing about Australian, I think Australian sport, Australian wrestling, where uh, guys with a lot of size are very rare. So I feel like anyone who comes in with a bit of athletic ability, who's got some height and some some bulk, is going to do really well. Most most definitely, I, I couldn't couldn't disagree more. I, I very much feel like the uh, the years of the uh, genetically gifted athletes and the guys who come in like looking like professional wrestlers of uh, uh, a very sort of distant memory. Um, so when uh, Joel Hagen came along, it was a very uh, a very refreshing change. What's old is new again. That's it. Now, um, enough of talking about other people. I want to talk about you. Uh, that's why we've got you here. <laughs> um, now, Feed the ego, boys. Yeah, this is what it's about. Um, I was doing my research, though, and I noticed that you won EPW's uh, Most Improved Award twice. Um, yes. Is that because you went downhill after you improved a lot or there was a lot of improvement to do at the start? <laughs> you said oh, ego good. boost. Okay. <laughs> Yes, this is good. This is good. No, uh, what happened, lads? <clears throat> um, I'm trying to remember. 
Oh, actually, no, no, yeah, okay, now, no, I'm, I'm very aware now. If I'm completely honest, and uh, my man, anybody that knows the EPW scene really well, will most certainly remember old mate Devlin Reeves. Um, so it was the <laughs> it was the year 2007, and Devlin Reeves was on the streak of his life. He'd had a phenomenal, an absolutely phenomenal 2007, yeah? So here comes Reawakening. I'm pretty sure it was Reawakening 6, 2007, and the fan-voted awards are being announced. And, you know, being a uh, European kid, being a, a, a person of uh, Spanish and Greek descendants, I've got a lot of family, and I have also <laughs> had... A lot of friends attending shows back in 2007. And unfortunately for Devlin Reeves, being backstage with him and all, as they're about to announce Mr. Improved, Mr. Most Improved for 2007, Devlin Reeves is, uh, you know, like pulling up his uh, knee pads and, <laughs> you know, doing a few push-ups, getting ready to go out and receive his Most Improved award because he was on an absolute tear that year. And bam! Marcus Titsinopoulos gets announced as Mr. <laughs> Most Improved for 2007. <laughs> so that's the story behind uh, the uh, 2007 Most Improved Award. And then I think we come around to 2010 where I would believe that's possibly Gavin McGavin maybe uh, got Most Improved as well that year. Um, and I I very much feel as if that was most certainly my... Uh, um, that was my when I very much um, hit a stride and I started finally fulfilling my potential. Uh, that was the year I ended up winning uh, the Invitational Tournament against uh, Carlo Cannon and uh, Kyle Steria at Reawakening. And yeah, that was the, the same show as when I was awarded most improved. So that was most definitely a, a, big, um, a big step in my career going forward. I feel like that match with Carlo uh, also might have won match of the year or something uh, on a different voting award. So you definitely had a good year that year. Yeah, no, most definitely. Like 2010 was it? Like I, I think I said it. I said it from the very beginning. I said it from the start of the year that my my all I wanted to do, like this is you know breaking the the fourth wall or whatever. I would go to training every week and I would say to the boys, I don't, I don't give. I don't care what happens this year. I can guarantee you I'm going to win the Invitational Tournament. I'm going to like prove to whoever it is that I need to prove to that I deserve to have that trophy and that I deserve to be pushed up the card. And that was just my number one goal that year. And thankfully, um, hard work paid off and I ended up winning the Invitational Tournament. So you 100% deserve 2010, and but 2007 was a popular vote. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> that's the, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just a little bit. Uh, just a little bit of a fluke that 2007 win. So, uh, all goes in the record books. That's it. That's it. That's all that matters, lad. Yeah. Now we want to bring up uh, your tag team partner, Damien Slater, uh, one half of the Untouchables, one of Australia's best tag teams in the country over the last few years that's for sure what's the uh the dynamic that you guys play off each other what what makes you guys so good if if i'm honest what makes us what makes us so good is we are legitimately 
uh, best friends. Um, Damien Slater is, is, you know, he's one of my very best friends in the entire world. He was the best man at my wedding. Um, he, he's been involved in every single step. Like for many years, I mean, me and Slater started becoming really, really close back in like 2011-ish. Um, and yeah, like ever since then, we've been very, like, we've been pretty much inseparable. I mean, for many years, he lived in Adelaide before, like, finally taking the plunge and moving to Perth. And even still, you know, like, we, we were, we, we text each other constantly, like, every day. He was, you know, it was, it was my best mate. Just, you know, constantly wanted to talk to him. So having a long distance relationship is a, is a difficult <laughs> thing, lad. But we made it work. Um, but I genuinely feel like the reason why we do work so well as a tag team is because we're just on the same, we're on the, we're on the same page consistently. Like, you know, we think the same thing, even though Slater and myself, even in, in, not in the wrestling world, in, in everyday life, like, yeah, we're very different people, but we share very similar goals. We have very similar motivations. Um, and yeah, like I just, it's, it's our friendship and our, our bond that I feel makes us the best tag team in the country. We've had uh, a few of the, the best tag team wrestlers on the show recently. We had, um, <laughs> we had the Brat Pack on and we've had, um, Jude London on and they all talk about, you know, how close they are with their, with their partners. We also had the natural classic who of course have been best friends their whole life because they're brothers. Of course. But, um, of course. Do you think it's time with so many great teams uh, spread out across Australia for someone to take the plunge and run like a big two day tournament, just get all those oh. tag teams in and, and let you guys really mix it up and do some crazy shit. On honest to God, <laughs> the amount of chats and talks and such that I have had, so many numerous people, especially over the last year, like just the, uh, the the actual thought about the show that you could produce. We all talk about, uh, and I feel like like uh, tag team wrestling is very much, uh, you know, if if not the forefront, it's very much level with everything else that's going on in pro wrestling today. You know, you've, the, the tag teams in the world currently are just phenomenal, but Australia has a large chunk of world-class tag teams. And I feel even if it was multiple companies, even if, if yeah, if someone re- realistically took the plunge and put on a tournament um, in this country for a, for a, like a tag team tournament, I, I, I genuinely feel like it would be, it would be absolutely world-class. That tournament could well and truly go up against any other tag team tournament in the world. Well and truly. Like, I would have no doubt that we may even succeed uh, like the rest of the world's expectations. I think an Australian tag team tournament would be just out of this world. Yeah, I think um, I think wrestling fans from around the country would actually fly to see to see that tournament. I, I, I don't disagree. I genuinely feel like the talent on that show, you know, you've obviously, you know, number one, uh, you've got the untouchables, and then well and truly, I swear to God, well and truly, my personal favourite tag team in the entire world, the Street Gang Hooligans. They're um, fantastic. You've, 
yeah, you've you've got the velocity, you've got the uh, you've got the brat pack, you've got the natural classic, you've got uh, Bonza and Moretti, you've got so yeah, many. Yeah, the, the Perea different... in Adelaide doing really good. Things. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's just there is so so many good tag teams in this country. I mean, play uh, who are the current EPW tag team champions. They're another excellent um, up and coming tag team. Like there, there is so much talent in our tag team pool in this country. It would just it would make for a phenomenal watch. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely the fans would be the big winners. But with your unbiased opinion, who would win that tournament? <laughs> oh wow! Wow! <laughs> is is there is there any question as to who would honestly win that? Yeah, Lux obviously. <laughs> <laughs> The fans would win that tournament, boys. Come on. The fans are definitely the winners of that tournament. Yeah, most definitely. Are you going? I'm about to cough, sorry. This is so professional. Um, I was at at a WrestleRock show um, last year, and there was a wrestler who looked a lot like you um, called Marcus Muffinov. What do you know about him? Oh, nah, see, boy, see, I, I keep getting asked this. Like, it looked like Zangief. So often. Yeah, see, so often. Like, re- really shit haircut, though, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, nah, like, yeah, see, I keep getting asked this. Like, a few of my uh, Melbourne friends came up to me and they were like, oh, it's weird, man. Like, we know you wrestled the Natural Classics the night before with Damien Slater. Like, you know, we we. we Swear to God, we saw you like the next day at WrestleRock, and I was like, "Nah, guys, it wasn't me." Like, I was relaxing with with my best mate Flats, with with my other best mate Mikey Broderick. Like, we were just chilling, getting ready to go and watch the WWE show. So, yeah, it's a it's a mystery, boys. It's a real mystery. I think he's obviously basing his look a lot off you, so you might have some gimmick infringement. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, I might. I might need to call the gimmick police, I think. <laughs> Imitation is the biggest form of flattery, isn't it? That's, that's very true. That is very <laughs> true. Now, I want to talk about your entrance T-shirts, your custom-made ones. Uh, where did the idea come for that, and you know, what's the inspiration? Uh, the idea that... Oh, yeah. See, it was more so... The whole shirt idea was... You know, I took a good hard look around the country and, I mean, to be honest, everybody's favourite thing these days in pro wrestling seems to be a jacket. Um, and so, you know, I didn't want to to uh, add to the all already impressive uh, array of jackets in Australian professional wrestling. I just wanted something different, lads, and... One of my my uh, my amazing friend. He's a phenomenal. One of my best mates. He's a phenomenal. Uh, and ab- he's a phenomenal artist. Amazing artist. And uh, I was just chatting with him one day over coffee, and we were talking about you know like just being different in pro wrestling. And he sort of said to me, he said, "Oh, so have you ever felt uh, thought about like doing like you know like a one-off entry show?" I said, "Oh, what do you, what do you mean?" He goes, oh, you know, like, you know, like just having a shirt every time you come out and, you know, like maybe you get out there and you're like, you kind of like maybe you draw your opponent on your shirt and then maybe when you get out there, like you rip it to pieces and 
like as an insult, as an embarrassment to your opponent. And like I kind of thought about it and I was like, that is a really good idea. And being an artist, like he, he, he's, an, he, he's an artist who actually draws, you know, like he doesn't have anything to do with computers or any of that, like no sort of uh, um, just like web design or, um, or whatnot, like just absolutely nothing in the computers, just literally like paintbrush in hand and just absolutely adores painting. So we started coming up with this thing where he, and the first person that I did it for was Alex Kingston at, uh, oh, it was, would have been reawakening 2017. Um, and it was the very first time the Untouchables faced the street gang hooligan. And yeah, and I did this walkout shirt of, uh, Alex Kingston's face. And on the back, it said, die, Kingston, die. <laughs> and, uh, essentially, like, I would talk to Dave, like, when shows were rolling around, and he was like, oh, so, you know, what do you think? Like, uh, do you want to do, like, an entrance uh, shirt for this show? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then it just became a recurring thing, and it sort of very much became my, uh, my calling card in uh, 2018. Um, it kind of, like, died off a little bit in 2019, just, like, you know, the two of us had very hectic sort of schedules that have clashed a lot and stuff this year and it's just been really hard to kind of like hook up and connect and be able to uh, get these shirts um, becoming a regular thing this year. But uh, the intention is most definitely to bring them back in uh, 2020 as I just felt like there was something like really unique and just completely different from anything that anybody else in the country was doing. And it's really hard to find that point of difference sometimes as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but I, I would legitimately just send him um, the like like several photos of my opponent, um, and like you know, I, I, every now and then he'd ask me maybe for a clip of said opponent in like a match and stuff. So I'd you know get on the YouTube's and stuff and send him whatever I could find. And yeah, he just came up with these really artistic, uh, really clever, sometimes very gruesome, sometimes absolutely hilarious and very offensive, like ideas that involved my opponents. And yeah, they just became such a hit. Any plans to do one-off jackets so you do buy the bullet and join the rest <laughs> of Australian expensive. wrestling? Too expensive. <laughs> I really should, shouldn't I? Like, you know, just I should just commit. And become an Australian wrestling jacket aficionado. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be more expensive, though. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'd assume it would be. I just, yeah, I don't know, lads. Like, I just, yeah, the whole jacket thing. It's like I don't know. I look, I look around now, especially these days, and like as as I've mentioned before, I'm very much an open book, very much an honest human being, and. If I'm very blatantly honest, the the uh, jacket gimmick has been done to death in this country, and yeah, I see a see a person come out with a new jacket fucking weekly, and I'm like, oh, cool, new jacket, how original. You you might be a little bit Perth biased. It's 35 degrees there every day, so you probably don't want to wear a jacket. <laughs> that's very that's a very good point, actually. Yeah, very very good point. Uh, 2018. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling toured Australia and um, you played a, a big part in that tour and wrestled against the Bullet Club. Um, 
how was how was that uh, experience? Uh, that experience that experience was uh, it was different. Um, it, yeah, there were look at the end of the day, like in regards to the new Japan experience, I was in, in internally grateful for receiving such uh, for such a uh, opportunity. Like you know, it was an incredible opportunity to get. Like we were wrestling the Bullet Club like night after night. Uh, Slater and I got the uh, chance to wrestle Mick Moretti and Robbie Eagles on the first night that we appeared on the New Japan uh, tour. So, and, like, if I'm honest with you, the Sydney match that we had, the, I think it was a, I think it was a, yeah, it was a 10 man tag. One of my favorite matches ever. Like, it was, it was so much fun. It was so easy. Like, the crowd were just, Absolutely insane for, for that match. It was just so much fun getting to work the likes of G.O.D. and uh, obviously Farley, uh, Kenny Omega, um, yeah, Chase Owens. That, that match was just too much fun. It was, it was the best. Um, so, yeah, so like that, that experience was phenomenal. I just feel, I just feel like we didn't get to represent ourselves the, like in the very best way that we could. Um, I know a lot of people uh, will be fairly familiar with the fact that myself and Slater were pushing ever so hard uh, and, tr- and trying to do every single little thing that we could to get the attention of who I consider the very best tag team in the entire world, the Young Bucks. We were doing everything that we, ca- we could to get uh, the attention of those two gentlemen. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, it just didn't happen. And I, I feel like if we had had that opportunity to wrestle, as I said, some, a, a team that I consider to be the very best in the world today, I just, I really feel like, especially Slater and I, we would have had the opportunity to show people like our, our true potential. I don't know if potential is the, the right word, but just to show people like how good you are how how good we yeah we yeah how good we realistically are um but yeah in saying that um i do i i uh i'm incredibly grateful for people like uh gino gambino uh Farley. just those two individuals uh, they were the they were the men that that made that happen uh so yeah yeah being being a part of the very first new japan Australian tour was was amazing. I just I feel like specifically Slater and I, I still feel like we really had something to give, and by being able to wrestle the Young Bucks on that tour would have just been, you know, the icing on the cake. And imagine the marketing opportunity. You walk out there with your one-off um, <laughs> entrance uh, T-shirt of the Young Bucks. That would have been straight on Hot Topic and uh, Pro Wrestling what? Tees right at the top. Marcus Pitt design. What? It would have been I, great. I, I, I did it, boys. I legit, I did do a Young Bucks uh, um, New Japan uh, Australian Tour t-shirt, and I actually wore it out um, for the match uh, against Robbie Eagles and Mick Moretti because I'd, I'd done them. Like I, I said to Slater, I was like, "Man, we're gonna we're gonna push and we're gonna push and we're gonna push and we're gonna push until New Japan just have no like just the only thing that they can do is say, yep, yeah, okay.'" 
match done. You guys get the young bucks. Like, but yeah, it just you know, unfortunately, it didn't it didn't happen. It didn't uh, come to fruition. But yeah, I still wore the shirt out, which was uh, I'm, I'm pretty positive it was a sword splitting the young bucks in half while they were doing their young bucks pose. <laughs> Fantastic. It was good. It was good. Um, WWE have been stealing um, TMDK members for a while now. Um, is there any any plans to add to the group at the moment? Uh, currently, lads, I don't know. Like, the whole TMDK thing at the moment, like, you know, I, I, I well and truly believe, like, without a doubt, TMDK is the most successful uh, professional wrestling stable in the history of Australian wrestling, like, without a doubt. Um, but currently... Especially with Mikey returning and, you know, obviously uh, returning um, in quite a large capacity for explosive pro wrestling. You know, who knows? I, 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 I couldn't tell you um, the direction that Team Decay are currently going in at the moment. Um, I, I most definitely feel like there is a, uh, a team meeting that needs to be held. Because, you know, currently there's uh, myself and Slater. Uh, who are active on the Australian scene. You've got Slack, who's uh, active on the Australian scene. But then you also have uh, Jag Hartley Jackson and Mike back on the uh, back on the scene. So, yeah, there's, there's the five of us currently active uh, who aren't under obligation or contract to WWE. So, yeah, it's, 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 an, it's an interesting one. Oh, of course, how could I forget my other best mate? Uh, Mikey Broderick as well, being the latest member of TMDK. But yeah, that was a, a, a that was a while ago. But we're very much hoping that uh, Mikey gets more of an opportunity uh, in PWA coming up um, because you know he he's such an incredibly underrated um, uh, talent. He is just phenomenal. Um, so yeah, we're hoping that uh, Mikey will be around more in uh, PWA uh, representing the Team DK Colors. Now, if any uh, young wrestlers are listening and they want to join the faction, what's uh, what's their best bet? How do they stand out from the pack to get a... Uh... No jackets for starters. Yeah, that's definite. <laughs> yeah, well, let's have a look at the team, lads. Let's have a look at the team. You, you, you take a look at that lineup. For me, personally, and I, I think the rest of the boys would uh, most definitely agree, got to be a bodyguard. Gotta be a bodyguard. You look at that TMDK lineup like we're all we're all very much bodyguards. We all like to lift weights and look like pro wrestlers. So if I can uh, suggest one thing uh, to all the young up and comers looking to possibly join the ranks of TMDK, get yourself in elite professional wrestling shape, and then and maybe then you'll have a chance of. Uh, joining the best stable in Australian wrestling history. There's some advice. Sounds worth it to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have to be able to wrestle though, Lyle, so you're out. You're out. Um, 2011 uh, feud of the year, I noticed, was uh, a feud you had with the godfather of Australian wrestling, Davis Storm. Um, what was it about working with, um, with Davis that, Gave had such great chemistry for you. Yeah, if I if I generally look at like the opponents that I've had over 
you know, the 13 years that I've been um, involved in pro wrestling, uh, Dave's most definitely right up there, like right, right up there. Um, I don't, I, I really, I, I don't know what it is, you know, because I think back to it and the very first time uh, after, you know, after I won the Invitational uh, Tournament Trophy, so it guaranteed me a uh, spot for the, uh, a shot at the EPW Championship. And so, funnily enough, the champion at the time uh, was Dave. And so my very first main event came at the beginning of 2011. So I cashed, cashed in my shot straight away. And uh, Dave and I had uh, a championship match for the title. And, you know, I can't, I can't specifically remember that much, that match really well besides the fact that it was sensationally hot that night. It was, it was so hot. Um, and I remember us, uh, walking backstage, gassed out of our fucking minds, just so gassed. Um, and I just remember being like, Dave, how, how do you think I, I went? Also, Gas was hilarious. Um, and yeah, and like just, just from then, like it, it obviously went well enough because they then EPW ended up running an angle where uh, Dave defended the um, championship uh, at the next show, which was uh, Midday Mayhem. And I ended up coming out and, um, you know, calling him a scumbag and a pussy and every other uh, word you could think of under the sun and ended up challenging him after he'd already defended his uh, championship that afternoon. And I ended up uh, robbing him of the EPW championship and winning the, winning the title. And that um, then just, like, sprung us into a massive feud that we ended up having for the rest of 2011. I think we had three more matches after that. So I think in 2011, Dave and I wrestled each other five times. But we just like, we, we have, yeah, as, as you guys are saying, we've carried that um, chemistry um, for the rest of our time. I've genuinely had some of my most favorite matches with Dave. Um, some of the absolute best uh, matches of my entire career. And, I I couldn't tell you what it is. I mean, perhaps it has something to do with the fact that, you know, Dave has always been around um, ever since I very first started in EPW. I can't ever say that Dave was like a massive um, influence on me in regards to um, training because uh, my main trainers at the very beginning of my uh, career were um, FN Carnage and Devlin Reeves for the first few sort of like months when I was very first beginning. But then quite quickly I trans- transitioned into training with um, Shane Hayes very regularly and Mikey Nichols. So, yeah, those, they would be like the four trainers that I would credit. So I don't feel like it really had anything to do um, in that regard. I don't know, maybe, you know, the fact that Dave is synonymous with ECW uh, he, you know, at one time, especially back then, he was one. He was the the main owner of uh, Explosive Pro Wrestling. So I feel like probably as a younger guy coming up, you just wanted to impress Dave. You you wanted to make sure that he knew your name. That you wanted to make sure that he knew uh, the talent and the skill.
skill and the the you know like he you wanted to know you wanted Dave to know what you were bringing to the ring. So yeah, maybe it was that. Maybe I was kind of sort of like felt like I had a point to prove uh, to Dave. Whereas now I just feel being such experienced um, professional wrestlers now, um, we're just so relaxed with each other in the ring. Uh, we just, yeah, you know, we kind of read each other like the back of our hand. So it's, it's, it's very easy work when I'm in there with, with David Storm. That's uh, um, yeah, really good insight. And obviously, any time anyone brings up EPW, the next sentence is about Davis Storm. Is there of course. any professional rivalry that uh, he does, you know, take some of the spotlight every time EPW gets brought up? <laughs> uh, um, from, a, from a character point of view, um, yeah, shit, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, any time it's, it's time for me and Davis Storm to mix it up in, in the squared circle, it's always my main ammunition and motivation. It's a very frustrating thing uh, from a, a character point of view, like when someone like Marcus Pitt has done so much for explosive pro wrestling in an explosive pro wrestling ring and around the world. But uh, on, a, on a personal level, Dave has done so much for... Uh, the uh, professional wrestling scene in Western Australia. Without without Dave Storm, without Dave Farley, there would be no professional wrestling in Western Australia. If it wasn't for those core group of guys who were trying to get, like, uh, um, you know, explosive coastal wrestling, um, yeah, off off the ground, there would just there would be. I w- I wouldn't have wrestled in each, like EPW. EPW wouldn't have been around. The, the world-class training facility that exists now would not exist. Would people like Shane Thorne and Nick Miller, TM61, you know, formerly known as Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols of TMDK, exist? I don't know. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I, I feel like Dave received uh, all of that um, you know, he 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 receives all of those accolades and such because he has genuinely earned them. Yeah, we definitely have a lot of love for him as well. <laughs> man crush, you could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, fair call. He's we, a very man crushable kind of guy. That's <laughs> we um we asked the Twitter world for some questions and a few have come in, so we'll throw those at you. Um, I think you've got one from Davis. Storm. I've got one from Davis. Uh, he's an avid listener on the turnbuckle. He wants to know, why are you so loud? <laughs> the reason why I'm so loud, lads, is because, uh, as I uh, mentioned previously, you know, uh, ascendant uh, from a Spanish and Greek heritage, uh, and my mother's side, who are all from Barcelona, their side being the Spanish side, very, very loud people. Very loud people. Exceptionally loud people. My mother is loud. Like, there's no point in saying very loud, really loud, exceptionally loud, 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 loud. It's just, she's loud. And... 
yeah, like it, it's a fun time. You ask my wife, you ask anybody who sits at uh, the dinner table with my family. You start with my mum, who seems or appears to be speaking at a level which she deems appropriate. I deem it appropriate also because it's all <laughs> I've been used to for the last 32 years. So then I'll start speaking. And for some reason, it's just kind of like this competition where, yep, mum will be talking, but I need to be heard. So I'll start talking just that little bit louder. And then comes my 25-year-old brother who then needs to talk that a little bit louder. And then mum, recognising where the conversation is going, is like, well, I need to be louder to get on top of them. And then me, and then my brother, and then my mum, and then my brother, and then me. And it's just, wow. If people, if they genuinely stood out front on the veranda of my parents' house while my family had a family dinner, they would think we were like genuinely hating each other, screaming at each other, like uh, in the midst of a, a domestic dispute. It, it must sound outrageous. I feel so sorry for people like my dad, who is, who is, um, he's, he's genuinely a very quiet sort of a guy. My wife's not like a loud person either. It's just, yeah, they, they, it's either adapt or get out. You know what I mean? <laughs> adapt or don't be heard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I've got a question from DJ Artistic Endeavors who asks, what do you do for rest and relaxation? Okay, so like being um, such an avid um, fan and such a, you know, I'm, I'm massively into um, uh, training and nutrition. It's a huge passion of mine. Um, and a very big part of uh, like a bodybuilder's, um, you know, game plan should be to essentially like, have mandatory like rest and relaxation every single day. So like essentially boys like because I'm like a shift worker with my like real job, um, it's uh, it's very up and down. Sometimes I'm working like morning, sometimes I'm working afternoon, evening. So um, a lot of the time, um, a lot of the time like once I'm home at night, if I'm a morning shift at work, very much my routine is to uh, come home after the gym, relax, like sit down, and like my relaxation and um, and rest sort of starts by uh, you know having daddy daughter time with my little girl where I like you know give her a bath and you know she plays games and stuff in the in the bath and we just like chill out and laugh at each other and stuff. And then um, I end up putting my little girl to bed and then me and my wife will like sit down and watch like an hour, an hour and a half of TV, just nice and relaxed and chilled. And then, yeah, I always sort of, I've got a very much uh, pre-bed ritual where I sort of like start by having my uh, pre-bed meal. And then I just, yeah, like I'm always like in a very dimly lit environment, like just kind of like preparing my body to, you know, you sort of get into like sleepy mode, guys, so that once I get into bed, it's just, you know, lights out. I've, my body's sort of slowly been shutting down for an hour and a half prior to going into bed. So, oh, We really appreciate you having having you on here on, on the turnbuckle. Uh, 
have a good Christmas and hopefully 2020 is an even bigger year for you and EPW. Uh, really appreciate you coming on, mate. Um, where can anyone get you on social media? Yeah, absolutely, gents. I, I genuinely really appreciate you, uh, appreciate you guys asking me on. Uh, it's been quite a while since I've uh, gotten to uh, jump on a podcast. So, no, it's been so much fun chatting to you guys. I've absolutely loved it. So, again, from the, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, because I, I genuinely love to just talk shit, like, over and over and over. So, if uh, if the audience haven't realised already. Uh, but, yeah, uh, pe- pe- people can uh, find me on the socials, uh, on Instagram, under uh, Marcus Pitt, M-A-R-C-I-U-S. It's the way you spell it, the Greek spelling. So, you know, back in the day when I was part of the European Union, it's the authentic <laughs> spelling of Marcus. So Marcus, T-I-T-T on Instagram. Same goes on Facebook. And also, guys, if you're wanting to, uh, and again, on Twitter, you got to remember the triple threat, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And then, uh, yeah, you can also uh, find me if you're uh, interested in training and nutrition. On my uh, online, um, on my online uh, training and nutrition page, Progress Dash uh, Three Six Five. So yeah, there's uh, a few different platforms to find me on, um, and yeah, hopefully uh, my content is enthralling and entertaining for all audiences. As long as we don't find you on TikTok. Oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> nah, <laughs> never going. Not happening, boys. It's. Uh, Definite no for TikTok. Thanks no so deal. Thanks as, so uh, much. Damien Plater would say. Thanks a lot. It's been great. Thanks, boys. Welcome back to On The Turnbuckle, the music of the NWO bringing us back. Um, we'll get into the reasons why shortly. Marcus Pitt, uh, I love that. Yeah, great. Easy chat. Uh, fun chat, as some would say. Um, <laughs> no, really good. He's a uh, yeah, really entertaining guy to talk to, and hopefully everyone enjoys it. Well, hopefully the person we've got on the phone uh, will listen to it. That's very out of character. Tony. Where are you? I have, to listen, I have to listen to it because I've uh, got to put it all together. <laughs> so I will listen to it and I'll look very much forward to listening to Marcus Pitt. Uh, where am I? I'm at home at the moment. I'm actually worried that you've got to make sure you spell Marcus Pitt's name right as well because he spells Marcus the um, the old ancient Greek way. So M A K M A R K A S. No. No. no, I'll send I'll send you a text, oh, um, and you'll ignore it. It'll be fun. Um, no, now Tony, just the last show you just thought, nah, screw it, I'm not coming in. Oh no, I just I've got a bit of a sore throat, uh, a bit of a sore Achilles. Is that from yelling? And at my you? boys, yeah. Sorry, is a sore throat from yelling at your family before you stormed out, and went on a three hour walk the other night? Correct, and absolutely wrecked the Achilles on the three-hour walk. So, yeah. That's all right, though. We'll survive. What, what was I'll be longer, back bigger and better next year. What, what was longer, your, your layover in Chicago or your, the walk? <laughs> no, the walk felt longer. 
Nah, I'll, I'll I'll take the blame, Tony. I'll pull back the curtain. We weren't. We were, last week was meant to be our last show. We weren't meant to put on another show, but I mixed up the timing of the guest, and you you were unavailable. That's fine. You can throw me under the That's bus, Tony. No, you're right. My wife has got away to school camp, so I've had to stay home with the kids. But all good. Blame Here we are. Don't you hate when you have to babysit your own kids? <laughs> yeah, it is tough. <laughs> um, let's get stuck tough. into it. Let's get this show on the road. Um, you wouldn't know it, but apparently WWE have a pay-per-view on this weekend, TLC. Yeah, um, well, they announced four or five matches so far. And... They've announced a few matches, well. Yeah. Some, bad, some pretty good ones, too, actually. The uh, Roman Reigns and King Corbin, that's going to be, a, that's sort of built up over the last couple of weeks, hasn't well, it? Well, that's going to be... The Survivor Series. It's going to be a match. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a match. Uh, Bray Wyatt and The Miz. Yeah, I'm no, interested. That's going to be one of your favourite matches, Welshie. No, oh, no, my favourite match is the Buddy Murphy versus Alistair Black. Alistair Black, yes. That'll be match of the night, I think. That's gonna that that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, but my understanding is there's no table, ladders, or chairs on that one. It's just a normal singles match. Well, they'll only do a couple of TLC matches, wouldn't they? Well, they've only announced two, I think, and there's one tables match as well. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That that should be great. Um, hopefully, yeah. it gets on the main show. It's not just on the pre-show. It's um, two of the best wrestlers they've got. So. Yeah, and they're telling it. So it'll be on story. the pre-show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you, it's just felt like it's come around quick since um, Survivor Series. Yeah, well, I mean, it has. It has. Yes. Has Survivor Series been? Has it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was there in Chicago. <laughs> Did not tell you. I think there was um. I think a meme might have gone up on our Facebook page this week. Um, I actually bought you guys some t-shirts from the uh, well from the rest for the pro wrestling t-shirt place. You've been there. well. For, two things. Firstly, I think we're banned from pro wrestling tees. Well, one of us is. Well, yeah, no, one no, of the us whole is show. I got the whole show banned. Well, I was on the. It wasn't on your personal was, no, account. No, I was on the turnbuckle. Yeah, that's professional, well, she. Um, secondly. Tony's been avoiding us ever since he first last week. He he said that the no, my bags luggage got was stolen last week. Yeah, luggage yep. was stolen. Well, luggage stolen. Now, oh, they're here, but I, he avoids coming into the studio. Nah, what do you think? You think I'm actually? Don't you think I bought you something? No, nah, I Tony, I'm on your side, mate. 100. percent You bought us t-shirts, but you've been wearing them ever since you got back. And Wednesday's laundry day, <laughs> and it, and that's why they've never made it here. Well, you could be right in that regard, but I've definitely got you something. I'm not sure we wear the same size. Uh, one size fits all in this studio. <laughs> um, do you like AEW t-shirts? No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> That's what got me well, banned then. from Pro Wrestling Tees in the first place. Well, then we're in trouble, boys. <laughs> I've already got an AEW tee that, I, got that two now. I wear proudly to bed. Um, You've got two now. WWE did something they haven't done for quite a while. They released some wrestlers. Yeah, this makes total sense to me. They're uh, coming through a new period in 2020, so they're just trying to free up a bit of room, I would have thought, because they've got some really good talent coming through. Bit of room the, in the salary uh, cap. Yeah, a little bit of room in the salary cap just to sort of uh, fix it all up and, and get things right. And you've got some good uh, young wrestlers coming through the development phase of, uh, of WWE, so I think that's all they're really trying to do is just just make some room on the roster so everyone gets a really good shot, I would have thought. Well, I think the only one that I see doing really well outside the WWE is Luke Harper. 
Brody Lee. Um, he, well, he's got he's got mates in ADW, hasn't he? Well, he's just very good. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to do well. His contract would have expired around WrestleMania anyway. So, um, with the non compete clause, I believe he's out of contract. He can wrestle about the same time as he would have anyway. So, um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. I think AEW need him because of his size. It'll be a real point of difference. But I'd love to see him in Japan as well. Yeah, I definitely think he's he's J- Japan is right up his alley. Whether it's all Japan or New Japan, I think he'd work either. Um, I know Villain Enterprises of um, don't go there. Couple of uh, social media posts about it and different things like that. Yeah, definitely don't go to Ring of Honor. But Marty might not be in Ring of Honor by the time. <laughs> uh, Luke Harper's contract is fully expired. Um, Sin Cara, I think he'll do well back in Mexico. And, you know, he's expressed he wants to wrestle more in Mexico. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Ascension, you know, they're just... Look, they're two know. big guys, so there's something for them to do, I'm sure. But mm. there's going to be some rebuilding needed because they were not treated like a big deal for so long. Yeah. I think yeah. if the guys are outwardly not happy in their spots... They have the performance center bursting at the seams with great talent. You know, let let guys out of their contract and let them go. It's not going to hurt WWE in the long run, I don't think. And it's the guys. But, but at the at the end of it, boys, this was probably the best period for WWE that we've ever seen in a long time in regards to development of wrestlers, because there actually does seem to be a pathway now. You do your you do your stuff at the development center. You work. I think we've lost Tony. Oh, no. Probably because of that stupid comment about WWE being the best time. <laughs> we'll try and get him back. Hang on a moment. Okay, we've got him back now. Tony, What? what's going on? Did you pay your phone bill? Well, no, hang on a minute. Now, if you want me to have a say, if you want me to be a part of the show, then there's no need to hang up on me, okay? <laughs> I was talking away. I was actually trying to make some sense, which doesn't normally happen too much now. <laughs> 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 Ask for you. And then all of a sudden the phone just went dead. So, well, she... Well, no, we had the we, had, we definitely had the beep beep in our ears of your phone dropping out. No, something happened anyway. You got on back. What was I? What was I talking about? Um, you're making a good point about WWE. <laughs> you're making a point. Oh yes, probably one of the well, probably one of the best periods of WWE that they've ever seen since the uh, inception of the company, and it's all due to the fact that they actually have a development path now for these wrestlers. Before it was just the main show, and they had this roster of people. And not everyone got a shot, but now you've got the development center through to the NXT, and then you start to make your way into the two brands with Raw and SmackDown. And the way they've actually structured the company is really sensible and, and quite, uh, yeah, it just makes a lot of sense the way they're doing it. So I think it's a good place to be if you're upcoming talent uh, currently on the WWE roster. Yeah, well, they're definitely, uh, there definitely are a lot of wrestlers signed at the moment, so making room. Uh, with guys they're not using, who they don't think will hurt them, makes sense. Um, something else that we haven't seen for a while um, is wellness policy violations. Yeah, I think 2016 was the last time, so three years ago. Um, you know, the, 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 the Russians been, doing their drug testing. Either everyone's been really good or, <laughs> or they just kicked their back in. And unfortunate for Robbie uh, Robert Rude and uh, Primo Cologne, which is... Interesting. So Primo failed a test, even though he's in Puerto Rico. Well, it's a good career move failing the test for Primo Cologne because it actually reminds people that he's still employed. Yeah, but I, he's been wrestling down in 
WWC. Yeah, his dad. His, his dad's promotion. So oh, maybe his dad snitched on him. <laughs> but um, yeah. did I see Robert Roode? Did I see Robert Roode uh, on the Survivor Series weekend? Yeah, you, yes, you would have. You would have done yeah. it. Live, I'm pretty sure you were there. It must, have, it must have just happened after that then, did it? I don't know. Maybe did he go out with you that night? Is that what's happened? Well, he might have. That could have yeah. been the You didn't spike the wrong drink, did you, Tony? That could have <laughs> been the problem. Um, and WWE, we opened this segment with the NWO music because... And last week, we opened with Batista's music. Yeah, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing that the, we, the Hall of Fame has announced the first two inductees and it is Batista and the NWO. He's been getting a bit of uh, he's been getting a bit of love, hasn't he, the last few weeks, Batista? <laughs> uh, a lot of Twitter action with uh, with the big fellow and uh, now he gets the the Hall of Fame nomination, which is fantastic for him and, and uh, very much deserved. What do we think of the decision of which NWO members are being inducted? I that's no, a whole lot, isn't it, surely? No, it's it's Hall and Nash and Hogan. And they're the core three, and that you'd think, and and six, six. six. Uh, yeah, I definitely thought Fake Sting was uh, very stiff, very, very, very stiff. Scott, to... Scott Flash Norton, yeah, yeah, very, very stiff. Vincent, I, yeah. Well, Tbios, uh, he obviously fronted all the millions to run this NWO faction at the time. He'd be a little bit uh, nose out of joint for sure. Now, what are the odds of Bischoff doing the inducting? Oh, good night. Good thinking. He just got sacked by them. Ah, you know, yeah, you're sacked, but that's all right. He can come back. I think, I think he has to do the inducting. Yeah, and then, you know, all right, they might spend forty minutes on stage, and then they can get the other four hundred NWO members just coming out afterwards. That'd be fun. Everyone, the giant, obviously. Can we just hope that Eric Bischoff doesn't do the induction Q and A style? That he actually has some of his own words and actually mentions. I'm okay if he does a Q&A, so as long as there's a, ma- a manager in the crowd to ask questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, New Japan Pro Wrestling have announced the Wrestle Kingdom lineup. Yeah, interesting you've put well, this on the run sheet. Sorry? You'll be interested in this. Well, Australia a little bit upset with this because Robbie Eagle's not on the card. No, what? Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't been announced. It's um, there's a little bit of room on night two. It doesn't seem surely like he's got it. Surely you know, he's got it. Whether he's it. on an undercard, multi man. Yeah, it is. It's left us a little bit flat. That's for sure. I think he deserves to be up, be on the one of the shows at least. I think I think night one's better than night two. I think night one's my night. Well, both of your nights because yes, you are going. Yeah, you got Okada and. Kota Ibushi for their heavyweight title. It's crazy. And Are you going to Japan, well, uh, Yeah, well, I am. So, but you haven't worked, don't, don't need to keep bringing it up. To Japan. Yeah, he'll bring it up a lot next year, I think. Uh, Osprey against the returning Hiromu. That's absolutely going to be nuts. Um, Texas Death Match. Texas Death Match is going to be interesting in the New Japan ring. Um, Should be called an Osaka Death Match. Yeah, that that'd be. Yeah, I don't know. Not sure how that's going to work, but um, you don't seem convinced, Lyle. Oh, uh, it's he you know. doesn't like he doesn't like Lance Archer. No, I like Lance. No, he's been really good this year. Um, you know, death matches. I'm not really convinced. It's that... not a death match. It's going to be on 
on Wrestle that, That's what I mean. It's, gonna it's, be no, it's not going to be match. either go. Either go Texas all in. death matches are never as violent as no, the I know. <laughs> Just New Japan tra- traditionalist, I think, has got me. But it's Moxley, so I think it's the only way. You can, it's the only way you can be entertaining. Ooh, ooh, harsh. Yeah. Take that, Dean. <laughs> But no, not not two is going to be good too. Tanahashi versus Jericho. To be, be fair, like I wasn't a, I wasn't a Dean Ambrose fan either. Like, well, no, I don't. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a it's not a shot at AEW. Yeah. in case that of oh, that one guy's listening. Yeah, well, that was a yeah. You said Dean Ambrose. That was a shot at WWE. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, someone who will be wrestling his last two matches at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, will be in Australia this weekend. Yes, he'll be in a PWA ring. Um, a little bit disappointed I can't get up there for this live. I actually have a ticket. but um, no, we, Well, we had the invitation to the birthday party. No, that was last week, the birthday party. Oh, oh God. Tony. They've grown up so, they've grown up so quick. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, firing on all cylinders, PWA, running more and more shows, which is good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, what a, we spoke about it last week. Yeah. How good it is it? One of his uh, final few matches is going to be in Australia. You know, Robbie Eagles, Bonza. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really good. I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna be at a party at the time, but I think I might try and sneak it on over on my phone in a quiet place of the party and watch it. So you so you go on to you you can't watch it on the Saturday. Mm. Um. You're not coming to Wrestle Rock on the Friday. Yeah. December's a busy time for me. Tony, you appreciate that. Tony, will you be at yeah, Wrestle Rock? Will you be at Wrestle Rock Friday? Yes. Like, we've got our we've got our work Christmas party, which kicks off at five thirty, that'll finish about eight thirty, nine o'clock. And then I'm gonna head straight down to the corner hotel for the last couple of hours. Because and then tell me the reason why I'm gonna do it, because you know how Lyle does his AEW predictions based on what he's seen. From the show the week before. Yes, which is he'll be doing. Well, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you my Wrestle Rock prediction. Oh Ooh. God, yeah, this could go anywhere. Uh, now, apparently, there is a Rumble on the night. There correct? is, yes, there is. My prediction is that Liger is coming out in the Rumble. <laughs> this is what I've been told. That's definitely not happening. He's wrestling. He's wrestling one night, and I, I don't think you get Liger on a card and don't announce it. I like where you're taking this, Tony. I like this. I'm just saying, this is what I've been told by the same people who tell Lyle about the AEW predictions. No one tells me about that, mate. They're a review. I see the show. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, I'm just choking on my own crap now. Don't pretend. Look, I made a couple of pitches for this show, but they all got knocked back. So Tony's not entering? (laughs) My pitch was that... Tony, there's a cough button. Sorry. (laughs) God, no wonder My pitch was that Tony not be allowed into the corner hotel, let oh, alone okay. the room. Well, I might, I might not be if I stand like this in two days, son. <laughs> Infect everyone. I will be there, and I will be at the after party. So, yeah, well, that'll finish. Well, I'll be at the after party. You'll leave early, though. No, I won't. And then I'll be getting pizza from the restaurant a few days. I've got to leave past. So my work Christmas party. I've got to leave past. Oh, awesome. Uh, now, Lyle, you did mention it. Uh, your AEW predictions. I, I want to know what they are. What happened? Sorry, not predictions. Review. You've seen, you've seen Dynamite. I've seen what Dynamite. What happened? Uh, we, me and you, uh, we've we've spoken about it. Um, no, we haven't. No, we did off air. 
off air we we spoke about a little bit of what I'd seen, and um, I've totally forgotten what it was. Oh my lord! Let me do a prediction. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I think they're going to have a fatal four-way match. Yeah. Winner wins some sort of a diamond bracelet. Ah, ruby bracelet. Moxley. These are going to be the entrants. Sin Cara. Ah. Luke Harper. Luke Harper. Yeah. And the Ascension. Mm. Are they wrestling for anything other than a bracelet? Um, They'll also get a shot at the title. Yeah. And yeah. I think they, there might even be some extra entrants. I think Ty Dillinger could be in the match. Yeah. Ten. Stardust. Stardust, yep. And they're, they're... What about Goldust? Can he get in? Goldust will be in there can as he well. Get in? I think he was I think I saw him he got eliminated early. Ah, oh, okay. Okay. And Goldust was eliminated at Survivor series in the foyer. <laughs> and that impromptu. Yes. Hey, so and and obviously they're wrestling to go back to their independent names or yeah, I think the winner... So the losers get to still wrestle under their WWE names? Or the winner gets to wrestle under his WWE name because it's a bigger name, obviously. Because um, otherwise, like, yeah, well, obviously, who wouldn't want to wrestle under the name of Sin Cara? Yeah, that's that's right. And yeah, and obviously, Stardust is a bigger name than Cody. But what happens if the Ascension, one of them wins, and then when they're tagging on the Indies, one of them's called Victor and the other one's called something else? Like it's not Connor and Victor; it's just Victor and Ted Barry. <laughs> hey. Let's Sorry. face it, the Ascension aren't going to win. Yeah, well, that... Ty Dillinger will win, reclaim his name. Like Perfect that's, 10. That's what happens. Um, I can't believe you forgot it. <laughs> can I uh, Can I get into what's happening this weekend? Yes, yeah, so you're going to read it out, are you? Yeah, well, that's my job, isn't it? Oh, it's been confiscated <laughs> off you a couple of times recently. I'm going to let you do it. Wrestle Rock will be at the Corner Hotel. Lyle won't be there as he's playing at Laser Tag. Loser. <laughs> What? Wrestling Go presents Mr. Christmas's Holiday Spectacular with an absolutely stacked card. AWA have Holiday Hell at the Trippet in Brisbane with Sebastian Matters taking on Xander Sullivan in a three stages of hell match. Right, City Wrestling in Adelaide presents Battle for Supremacy with Royce Chambers, our boy, taking on his boyhood idol, Adam Brooks, and Monero versus Marshall for the RCW Championship. That's all on Friday night, folks. And then, guess what? We've got wrestling on Saturday. Saturday, December the 14th, PWA presents Liger down under at the Factory Theatre in Sydney, PCW. In Fertrug Alley, have Christmas Chaos with Matty Wahlberg taking on Charlie Matthews in a Survivor versus Love Island battle. That will be fantastic. The ratings for that will be enormous. Always a treat to watch Matty Wahlberg, no doubt about it. Showdown Wrestling presents Devastation in Werribee with Erica Reid and the Rat. Versus Izzy Shaw. Did well, you see Izzy, that film? Izzy I've got? Shaw's got the rat. Yeah, Pixie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's trying to get back. Did you see that uh, that vacation film last night, which was the spin-off from National Lampoon's Wally World thing? What are you talking about, Tony? Oh, that's all right. Don't worry. There's something on television. You're watching free-to-air TV again? Yeah, uh, which is sad, isn't it? No worries. As well as uh, <laughs> the Australian return also at uh, Showdown Wrestling in Werribee. The Australian return of the mighty Cadman. ACW in Adelaide presents Evolve 26. And then on Sunday... No, there's nothing. The there's nothing on Sunday. <laughs> Would you freaking take it out of a rundown? Because, like, it doesn't, uh, if you're promoting a show, get in touch with us. We'd love to have a chat to you. And we'll let people know where to find you. If you've got an idea for a podcast, contact my podcast house or on the Turbuckle through our Facebook pages. 
and we can help you get on air. Tune uh, in next week. That, no, don't tune in next week. <laughs> oh, no, that's it. Thank God. We're going to have a chat about these rundowns. <laughs> hey, hang on. You, you, you read out Sunday, even though it's there. You knew it wasn't there, but then you've taken liberties with the first line of Friday <laughs> night. It doesn't even say Lyle's a loser on there. You put that in there yourself. Correct. It's correct, though. We're, a little bit We're of not debating whether the correctness of me being a loser is, but you can't you can't say you're following it to the letter of what well she's typed out, then you're ab living when it's against me. Yeah, when he, when it suits him, when it suits him. Exactly. Yeah. When it suits me, it's fine. Okay, fair enough. I'll see you in the studio next week too. Hey uh, everybody out there in listener land, on behalf of the three of us, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, boys, you can all go and get stuffed. <laughs> okay. No, I've got something I'm else. Gonna, I'm gonna say something heartfelt. Oh, here we go. Oh, look out. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening and supporting us, liking our posts, anything that we've, any way that you've helped us this year. And I mean, last year, less of you were helping. So I'm more appreciative this year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you so much. It's been, we've had a great year and we like. I'll tell you what, we should should let people know that we've actually lifted our audience compared to last year, this year. We've four times more people. Or four hundred times more people, or something. No, nah, it wouldn't be four hundred times more because we didn't have well, like a lot. Well, we didn't have like more. ten people listening. Last <laughs> um, but yeah, we have we have uh, our listener audience has gone up a great deal um, this year, and we're really appreciative of it. And we're really appreciative of all the wrestling promotions that have um, helped us out with uh, interviews of their wrestlers, tickets yep. to their shows, um, tickets to give away. Um, and all that stuff, and every single wrestler who has been on the program. And we really appreciate the ones, too, who also have a go at us for not telling us that they've got a show. But that's fine. No, what are you going to do? Just let us know. No, I still won't mention that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and thanks to everybody except for Lyle. No, thank you, Lyle. From the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank, thanks. You've been, thanks, you've been a, a rock to me in the last couple of months. I appreciate that, mate. Or is that just a driver, one or the other? <laughs> Tony, Tony, you've he's been, been Tony's driver. Yeah. You, should, oh, you must On the, you, on you the must turnbuckle listen. designated driver, I'm Welsh's driver when he wants to drink too much, and I'm Tony's driver when he wants to drink drive too much. You must listen to Tony. No, 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 hang on. No, let's get it right. I never got done for dick driving. <laughs> it might have had something to do with speeding. The speeding. No, it yeah. definitely wasn't drink driving. Um, Tony, if Lyle's the rock, are you been complaining about me to Lyle? I do often. Easy. Our our chats on the way home do sometimes get quite uh, animated. Kayfabe, brother. You can all all go and get stuffed. (laughs) We will. I'm going to get stuffed with Christmas turkey and all that sort of stuff over the next couple of weeks. We look forward to bringing you uh, on the Turnbuckles Series 3. Around about the middle of January, boys. Early January. Uh, early January. When I get back from, Kitty. I'm going to go to Japan. When I get back, we'll record something. Oh. All right, fantastic. I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. It's been a great year. Thanks, guys. <laughs>